Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A portion of God's word before us this evening comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verses 13 through 16. We read, Pilate called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought this man to me as one who is misleading the people. Look, I have examined him in your presence. I have found in this man no basis for the charges you are bringing against him. Herod did not either, for he sent him back to us. See, he has done nothing worthy of death. So I will have him flogged and release him. The Jews brought Jesus to Pilate. They had already taken him through the kangaroo court. Already, They want to crucify him. They want him dead. But they couldn't do it on their own. They had to get approval from the Roman governor. So they take him to Pilate, the Roman governor. and say, hey, here he is. He needs to be crucified. They bring all these charges against him. And Pilate now has to make a ruling. And he does his best to give the Jews a part. Not quite everything they asked for, not quite everything they wanted, but he was going to give them a part and hope that they were going to be satisfied. A part for the whole. A part for the whole. It's kind of not, not necessarily the easiest thing for under, to understand, and yet we do it all the time, don't we? Have you ever gone out to, to a restaurant with some friends and you're going to split the bill? And your meal came out to $17. You knew your meal came out to $17, and yet you look in your wallet, and you have a 10 and a 5. Good enough, right? You, you take it. Is that good? Is that okay? It doesn't even cover the tax, let alone the gratuity that you need to add on top of the 17. But if you're with friends and family, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That will take care of the rest. Apart to pay the whole. It's interesting because you're kind of holding all the cards, right? The bill still needs to be paid, but you don't have the extra money to add to it, so somebody else has to kind of pick up the rest. So you got to have a whole meal and only had to pay a part. It's kind of interesting when you think of having, having all the cards, or at least thinking you have all the cards, all the right cards. Think about when you have a reservation for a rental and you go up to the desk and the employee behind the desk types in your name and say, well, I see you have a reservation for a midsize. How about a compact? Well, if you're like me, no, I don't want a compact. I can't fit. Not to mention, I have all the cards. I'm the customer. A customer's always right. I also made a reservation. I reserved a midsize. To which... The worker, the employee turns to you and goes, well, we don't have any midsize. We don't have any to upgrade you to, so it's either compact or nothing. Suddenly, I wasn't holding all the cards, was I? Apart for the whole. When we start to look at what Pilate was doing here, he tried to give a part for the whole. He was the governor. He was the ruler. He was really the one holding all the cards. He had all the power and authority. And so the Jews, no matter what decision he made, were going to have to accept his judgment. As a just judge, what should have happened? 
He came to them. He said, hey, I've looked at him. I've examined him. You have no basis for these charges. And these charges are false, by the way. The Jews knew it. Pilate knew it. No basis for these charges you bring against him. They're false. As a just judge, what should have been? Hey, he's innocent. I'm going to let him go. That's what he should have done. And the Jews would have had to accept it. And yet Pilate allowed the Jews to kind of save face here. He allowed those Pharisees and teachers of the law a chance to get at least something out of it. Tell you what. I'll have him punished, and then I'll release him. He was hoping that in that, in that case, the Jews would be like, well, we didn't quite get exactly what we wanted. We, we didn't get the death of Jesus, but, but at least he's going to have learned his lesson, right? Jesus, you're going to stop all this nonsense. But immediately, they rejected. They rejected this offer from Pilate right away. They wanted Jesus dead, and they had what they considered an ace up their sleeve. They thought they were actually holding all the cards, and they revealed what they had in mind. They had a veiled threat. Hey, Pilate, he claims to be king. Hey, Pilate, we, we consider him a traitor and a traitorous person, and if you don't punish him the way we want you to punish him, we're going to go tell Caesar. It was veiled. There was nothing he could really do. He was being a just judge. Innocent, release him. Not good enough. Not good enough for these Pharisees. Not good enough for these sinners. Not good enough for this evil. They weren't satisfied. The only thing Pilate was truly afraid of was losing his political position. He was afraid of Caesar. And these Pharisees and these teachers of the law, they knew it. And so they weren't going to be satisfied with this half measure of punishment. The other reason is because evil isn't satisfied with a half measure. Isn't satisfied with just a part, is it? They wanted the whole thing. They wanted the complete destruction. And the evil that was in these Pharisees, the evil that was in these Jewish leaders, was full. They wanted the murder of an innocent man. And anything less than that was not good enough. They wouldn't, they couldn't settle for less. We have that at times in our life. Times when we have the, the, the evil, the temptations that Satan puts in our lives, and we look at that and go, well, well, well maybe if I just give in just a part. That'll maybe ease the pressure that, that's on me, that, that's going to ease the, any of that stress of those temptations in my life. I'll just do a partial. I'll, I'll give in just a little bit to that temptation. And Satan will be satisfied, right? It'll be appeased. Maybe we even try to justify it in the same way that Pilate maybe was trying to justify this. He was looking at it, well... I know he's innocent, but I also don't want a rebellion or a right on my hands because that could cause the harm of hundreds of people, not to mention that they've already threatened to go to Caesar. I, I kind of want to keep my political power, my, my position and authority here. Well, even though it's not 100% noble and right and good, I'll punish him and then release him because then... 
it'll still be okay. It's a lesser of two evils. But that's not how it works. Even in our own lives, we think of that, right? Well, if, if, if I just do a, fall into this temptation just a little bit, well, then maybe I'm not harming others or, or a great deal of others. And yet that idea is false. Because that kind of idea of the lesser of two evils really puts into our head that there isn't the other wonderful option, which is to be 100% right, 100% pure, 100% noble, and do what is right and, and wonderful. And according to the Lord's law and will, We try to give in and try to justify our actions. But Satan's not satisfied with that. Pilate tried to do the lesser of two evils, but the Jews weren't satisfied with that. They wanted complete destruction of Jesus, and so they refused. Satan wants all of you, not just part of you, so you think he's going to be satisfied if we just give in to the temptation just a little bit? He doesn't want just a little bit. He wants all of you. He doesn't, he's not satisfied with just leaving a little tiny bite of, on your a few flesh wounds. He's looking to devour you. And if you've given in just a little bit, just that little part, just that little piece, he has you. It's like if, if you're trying to diet, or at least when I'm trying to diet, and you have that wonderful cake there, and it looks delicious. It looks wonderful. What a temptation that is. But I can't, what, what, what if I have just a little piece? Just that little bit. And before you know it, where'd the cake go? Satan does that with us. Just that little bit. Just that little piece. And he knows he has you. Because you're negotiating. You're negotiating with Satan. Hey, are you going to be satisfied with just a little bit of giving in a temptation? But what's even worse is in that case, you're actually negotiating with God. You're basically telling God, hey God, I know you said 100% obedience to your will. Would you take 90%? I mean, that, that's all I can really offer you right now. 90%. How can we even think we can even do 90%? But even is, is that even right? Is that even fair? Is that even good? God demands 100% obedience. Maybe take it this way. If you're either just getting married or have been married for a while, what if you turn to your spouse and say, honey, I'm going to be faithful to you all year long, except for five days. Uh, mathematically, that's pretty good. That's a pretty large portion of the year that I'm going to be faithful. But that's not right. That's not being faithful, is it? And if our, our spouses should not accept that kind of deal, how about our relationship with God? God doesn't look at us and say, be holy, or at least try to be, I'll take what I can get. He doesn't say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, or whatever you have left after you make your deal with Satan. That's not what he says either, is it? God's not satisfied with a part nor is Satan. In order to appease God, it's 100%. It's all or nothing. It's not this partial way of thinking. 
Well, what if I, okay, okay, Lord, tell you what, I know I haven't been good up to this point. What if I'm perfect the rest of this time? I, I, from, from now until I, I, I die, I'm going to be perfect from here on out. Well, that's good. That'll maybe pay for today. But what about yesterday and the day before? Not to mention, if we honestly think that we could be perfect from here on out, how foolish are we to give God a part of our obedience? But that's where God steps in, isn't it? Thanks be to God that he sent a Savior. He sent his one and only Son who didn't give a part of his obedience or commitment. Thanks be to God that we didn't have Jesus come to this earth as our substitute to live that perfect life and say, well, I want to commit to seven of the Ten Commandments. How's that sound? Or, or tell you what, how about I keep all of the commandments, but I'm going to keep all the commandments 70% of the time. That sounds right. That sounds good, doesn't it? No, that's not what, God, that's not what Jesus gave. Jesus gave his 100% full commitment. Kept every law perfectly. Kept God's will perfectly. And then, of course, comes that payment for sin. The payment that we owe. We, deserve, we owe every single penny. And we try to negotiate that even. I'll pay part. What if Jesus did that? When it came to paying the price for our sin. What if Jesus tried to just pay a part? Think of our our passion history today. When Jesus made that prayer to his heavenly father. Lord, if it be your will, take this cup from me. But if not, I promise to drink most of it. you'll have to figure out somebody else to drink the rest. What if on the cross he said, it is finished, 70% of the way? They can finish the other 30%. But that's not the Savior we have, is it? Thanks be to God we don't, because we couldn't even fill that 30%, could we? By the way, those numbers are arbitrary, We have a Savior who made the full payment, the complete payment. He didn't offer a part of himself. He surrendered all of himself. He didn't humble himself only partly. He humbled himself completely. He didn't stand before Pilate and take, and take part of the punishment we deserve. He stand before Pilate. He stood before Pilate. He went to that cross and took all of the punishment that we deserved. He paid for every single one of our sins, even those sins of trying to negotiate with God. He paid for it completely. Surrendered himself completely. He paid for everything. And with that knowledge, with, with that certainty that our sins are fully paid for, that our sins are fully Forgiven. Doesn't that make us want to give him everything? Doesn't that want us to give ourselves to him completely, fully, wholly, not just in part? To give him my entire life, my entire words, my entire strength, my entire soul. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, not just part of it. With all of it. The leaders 
these Jewish leaders, they, they didn't grasp the idea of a full surrender. They wanted all of their evil, evil purposes carried out. Pilate didn't truly understand this full surrender either. He, he always felt that everything is negotiable. But we understand this full surrender, don't we? Jesus completely committed to obeying God completely. Fully committed to carrying out that plan of salvation, of paying that price completely, wholly, not just in part. That our sins are forgiven completely, fully, wholly. And because he surrendered himself completely, it moves us to surrender ourselves completely. As we give ourselves to the Lord, to love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind. Because he paid the price that we couldn't. Love the Lord, now and always. Amen.